Hi and welcome back to the Transfer Marketing Podcast. My name is Prashant Malkani and the topic for today's episode is Navigating E-Commerce Marketing. In this episode, we are going to be focusing on mobile phone brands and products. The mobile phone industry is one that has changed massively over the years. Not only has there been huge technology and adoption changes, but also how they have managed to sell has completely changed and hence it becomes an interesting topic for us to cover. To help us dwell specifically into this topic, I have a very special guest with us today who's seen the growth of the shift occur. Aditi Anand is the head of brand, media and digital marketing at HMD Global. For all of those who don't know, HMD is the home of Nokia phones. She has seen both worlds with working with HMD and Micromax and has previously worked with Flipkart. Hence, has a great overview and an overall perspective on this topic. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Hi, Aditi, and welcome to the Transfer Marketing Podcast. Really looking forward to our conversation. Hi, Prashant. I'm looking forward to thanks for having me here. Great. So let's dive right in. Since you've you know seen this firsthand, wanted to get your view on what, according to you, are the major differences between selling products like mobile phones through brick and mortar stores versus e-commerce websites. And also, in addition, do you find any similarities between? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I think uh, I'll I'll just uh, probably start with a little bit of a context here. If you look at uh, India today, there are about in a in a population of 1.3 billion, there are about 600 million people who are today digitally active. Uh, Mm. But the mobile penetration in India is somewhere around a billion. So there are about 400 million people or perhaps a little more who Mm. are still on feature phones. And those are the digitally dark audience. Uh, For them, the consumer journey is pretty much traditional. So they buy through a retail outlet. The Mm. retailer recommendation plays a huge role. Uh, Mm. The role of distribution is very, very, uh, is is a lot there. Plus the Mm. kind of BTL visibility, the overall brand halo awareness, etc. Those are the things Mm. that work for them. Uh, But then there are also these 600 million people or 575 million to be really precise, who are smartphone consumers. Mm. And uh, if you look at it, the majority of the smartphone market today is a replacement market because the migration from feature to smart is Mm. is happening and is happening at a good pace. But it's uh, the large volumes, 90% of the volumes are still the smartphone replacer market. Um, Within the smartphone uh, segment also, if you see and what we have trends for India, Mm. uh, smartphones is today the biggest driver for e-commerce. So any e-commerce portal, if you look at it, whether it's a Flipkart or an Amazon, of all the business, which is in their terms is called gross merchandising value, GMV, uh, which is what they report, about 55 to 60% of that GMV today comes from mobile phones. So that's Mm. the fastest moving, uh, largest volume, largest revenue driver for them. But if you just flip it, and now if you come to the mobile phone category and specifically to smartphones, Mm. um, the last couple of quarters, while the e-commerce penetration has increased, 
it's yeah. about 35 to 40 percent of smartphones that are being sold online the rest are mm. still being sold through brick and mortar stores at least that was the trend till pre covid yeah. uh, these percentages will flip a little but it's not that the 100 percent of the market is going to pivot online yeah. uh, so i look at mobile phones more as a blended category the mm. consumer decision journey therefore is hybrid what i also want to add in the same breath is that while 40% may be buying online yeah close to 90 95% are still researching online equally retail is also part of your decision journey because uh, the category is a very high involvement category it's a uh, irrespective of which price point you are buying it's still a high it's it's still an expensive purchase and something that you keep with yourself for True. at least yeah. 12 to 18 months right plus mm-hmm. so much of our lives today depend on mobile phones that yeah. uh, a lot of people still want to touch and feel the product and therefore retail mm. is still extremely important for certain sections of the society i think from a from a traditionally when you used to market and when everything used to be traditional the journeys used to be more linear they hmm. used to be more straight jacketed because you knew that there is an upper funnel brand building part that you will do through atl and mass media but right. at the moment of purchase when the guy is actually at a retail outlet you know what are the levers at a retail store that you need to press into action to finally convert him and you know do a sales in e-commerce um, and when the journey is more blended i think the consumer is flirting a lot more with different brands and products and touch points before actually uh, committing yeah and you know just streaming from that and continuing this conversation even before the pandemic struck online sales have been on an upward trend but i think according to me a large part of this trend was associated to the price of of the products uh so you know e-commerce has always been known to provide cheaper prices and give larger discounts when needed the back story of this obviously you know it helps them increase their valuation as well but probably that is you know we can leave that for another conversation so do you think consumers are buying online because it's cheaper and not because it's convenient Uh so when I was back in Flipkart and that was in 2014 and I'm now uh, citing data from there because that was yeah. still sort of early days of e-commerce and we were we were trying to grow the category and therefore really looking at what could be the category drivers yeah. you are right pricing is an important category driver and that is why you see sale events like the big billion day and the great india sale yeah, yeah. as as well as end of season sales for apparel etc but that's only one third of the of the of the journey because if pricing was the main reason uh, there was there was a period when there was a mushrooming of various e-commerce portals and most of them have like packed and left because the only thing that they had to offer was pricing and nothing else yeah. so pricing is a lever but it's not the only lever you're right convenience is a big part of it and you know and that's like kind of magnified and amplified now in this context when True. you just yeah. don't want yeah. to step out of the house but i think there are a couple of other levers as well the third most important lever that we sort of arrived at and you and if you just step back and see a lot of advertising that the e-commerce portals do you will realize that that's an important lever that's basically selection so how much selection what's your breadth of selection and what's your depth of selection how mm. many brands do you have and how many 
SKUs per brands do you have? Because yeah. the the physical stores are limited in terms of the actual inventory they can hold, and that's mm. the the beauty or that's the advantage that an e-commerce platform has. So for mm. apparel, for a category like apparel, it works when you say that they you have. X number of brands and Y number of styles, etc., and possibly every brand, every size, every color. But yeah. for a category like mobile phones, the way selection manifests itself is through exclusives, and that's a very, very important driver for mobile phone sales. So, for okay. example, if let's say a particular product, and let me take my own brand, if Nokia. 5.3, which is a recent phone that we've launched, yeah. is only available on Amazon. that mm. gives consumers if they want to buy a nokia 5.3 it mm. gives consumers a reason to only log on to amazon there yeah. flipkart does not have that offering and vice versa mm. so uh, exclusives has been a very big strategy for the mobile phone category and yeah. equally for the e-commerce platforms that far precedes your price and convenience it's a particular brand pull or a product mm. pull which is mm. really bringing traffic to your site so Interesting. i yeah. think price selection and convenience started out as the initial three levers but mm. i also feel that over the last couple of years there are a lot of delighters that mm. uh, the e-commerce platforms have sort of built in so if you look at uh, the 30 day return policy or if you look at 100% refund no questions asked or yeah. if you look at lookbooks etc which a lot of these fashion retailers like mintra do where they really mm. put a look together for you if you're interested in a product i think those are like the really mm. delighters which will propel the category which have been propelling the category forward and which will drive adoption going forward Okay, interesting. Uh, and you know, just moving from that and into something a little more specific about uh, e-commerce to improve sales. And I know you know we've briefly discussed this, but just for the listeners, would you like to explain how analytics and data can really help optimize an online sales funnel? Yeah, sure. I think uh, what happens in a digital world, and if you have data and analytics and if you are able to leverage to whatever extent you can it just takes the guesswork out of marketing and i'll just uh, take a moment to possibly explain this a little more yeah uh, i think the way we used to do marketing traditionally the whole segmentation targeting and positioning piece has completely changed in a digital first world Uh, yeah. segmentation is now not just attitudinal segmentation not just demographic segmentation but it's also behavior based segmentation and mm. when i say behavior based segmentation i'll just illustrate the point by saying that i know that i can target a particular consumer who is on a device price point let's say 8000 rupee phone and therefore yeah. i know what is the right product that i need to target to him versus mm. somebody who is accessing and using digital through a 30000 rupee phone the two products and the two offerings will be very different rather than being just one vanilla offering for both of them uh, right. similarly uh, there is a, there is a possibility where you can sort of market only to your in market audiences and we do this a lot so when we are 
whenever there is a new launch and let's say it's a 10,000 rupee new launch, one mm. is that you will want to first segment your base by saying, I don't want to go to an iOS consumer. I want to only go to an Android consumer. That's yeah. the first level of segmentation that you do. The second level of segmentation that you do is the, what is the price band? Because somebody who's sitting on a 20,000 rupee phone is not going to buy a 10,000 rupee phone as his next purchase. So yeah. how do you go to people who are possibly on a five to 10,000 rupee phone? Third level of segmentation could be if, the product has a geographical split then you could put those geographical splits into it and the last bit of it and there can be many more filters but i think another very important filter is that we know and again that's our work on the consumer journeys that we know that people are not changing their mobile phones before let's say 12 months to 18 months so it's possible to exclude people whose uh, age of device is less than 12 months. So I don't want to talk mm. to somebody who's just bought a phone six months back because that's a yeah, wasted yeah. effort, right? So you can segment these products, uh, segment these consumers, depending on where they are and what their needs is. And that's just one part of the of the puzzle. The other part of the puzzle is that now that you've created these multiple segments, mm. how do you make your communication relevant to them? That's why, hmm. again, and that's the second part of the puzzle. But the third part of the puzzle, which is which is actually the question you asked me, which is about how do you optimize? Yeah, these are yeah. also part of optimizations, but these are your going in strategy. Uh, what we can also do in digital and the beauty of digital is to really know who's interacting with the content, who is not, what is their interest level, and therefore what sequential messaging should be given to which consumer. So at various levels, because you know which consumer is sitting where in the consumer journey, it's yeah. possible to throw at him messages, offerings, propositions that sort of aid in conversion and moving to the next stage of the funnel. Okay, okay. Uh, so just, you know, uh, since we have been discussing the sales through online channels, I wanted to actually discuss on uh, some things that help push sales. So I remember, and this is also something that, you know, we very briefly spoke about earlier in this conversation, where I remember about eight, 10 years ago, when I was thinking of buying a new mobile phone, I used to physically go to stores to check out, you know, demo pieces before making purchase decisions. Now, yeah. and this is from a personal experience, now I mainly consume, you know, keynotes and unboxing videos and so on and so yeah. forth. Do you think these trends work and have consumers really adapted to them? Uh, yes, they work in a very big way. So yeah. uh, for the mobile phone category and in the age of the e-commerce, uh, uh, I think advocacy is an extremely, extremely important piece. In the good yeah. old days, uh, it used to be the retailer advocacy and therefore how much is the retailer recommending your product and pushing for it. And it's mm. taken a completely different meaning in the online world. So uh, mobile phones is one category which leans very heavily on tech bloggers and these unboxing videos and, you know, the reviews, etc. Yeah. Equally important and very relevant to the e-commerce side of the business is customer reviews and ratings. Uh, these things actually impact sales a lot. And, um, mm. and the category and every brand, if you see in the category, there are a couple of things that, you know, everybody is trying to do to sort of get more into the whole advocacy piece, to get yeah. the KOLs, the influencers, etc. 
um, you know, actively engage with that community, get more and more unboxings out, get more and more first impressions out because people are consuming that content. Hmm. Equally, there are various other posts, you know, there are a lot of discussion threads possibly going on on a Quora or a Reddit. How do you see yourself in those conversations and their conversations and reviews, customer reviews, etc. that are happening on the e-commerce portal? How yeah. do you sort of, you know, leverage those? And then, of course, there is social, which is the mother of all platforms that people yeah. are continuously making judgments, seeking opinions, etc. So hmm. how do you really use all of these to create positive word of mouth and advocacy uh, is something that. I mean, all brands are like really working hard towards uh, achieving yeah. that. And that's tough because that's all organic and that's really the strength of your product. So it's not something that you can game and you can tweak, uh, but hmm. you can definitely manage it well. Uh, you, you just need to be very proactive on that front. Yeah, yeah. You know, so just one last question before we end this episode is we very briefly just now spoke about, you know, how other influencers or other people, you mentioned advocacy, for example, how that can really help push sales. But do you think brands are still uh, looking at self-published content uh, to push their products? Uh, and do you think, you know, these kind of self-published content by brands are actually working or do you think, you know, consumers see right through them now? Because considering obviously brands are going to speak only positively about their products and consumers don't want to hear yeah. only the positives. They want to hear both the sides of it before making their purchase decisions. Yeah. I think uh, branded content is critical. It's very important because even consumers want to, if they are seriously evaluating your brand, uh, yeah. they are looking at what the brand is saying. So even to these influencers and KOLs and uh, let's say the tech bloggers, uh, the brand always needs to first tell their side of the story. So if there is a phone that hmm. we believe to, through our tests and everything that we have done on the phone, we believe that let's say camera is a strong uh, point. Then when you give out the phone for unboxings and for, and for testing, et cetera, that's the spiel that the brand gives that, you know, yeah. this is, we have tested it into ABCD scenarios and we feel that these are the strong points of the phone. And then the influencers do their own independent tests and either verify or not verify it, depending on how the, what their experience with the product is. Uh, yeah. But to come back to your question, branded content is important uh, because, uh, you know, only you can tell your brand story or your product story the way you think is going yeah. to be more yeah. impactful. So that's important. And uh, when I say branded content, it's just not video content. It's hmm. also your website, like you mentioned. It's hmm. also how you're communicating with consumers, what your conversations are, Um you know, and there are a couple of other very interesting formats which are extremely relevant in today's time for yeah. the online first consumer. So, for example, you also mentioned that in the good old days, you used to go to a retail store, look at the demo phone, uh, but that's not possible anymore or that you don't want to do anymore because of the physical, uh, you know, costs associated with it. But True. there are interesting immersive formats today available, for example, uh, augmented reality formats or, you know, VR-led formats where mm. you can actually experience the phone 
really close up and personal you can get an immersive experience of the phone now those are things that only the brand can put out no blogger is going to put out so they do play a very important part but they cannot replace what the brand has to say because the brand still needs to do their own storytelling yeah. uh, in a way where they understand who their consumer is and who is going to you know what the proposition going to be for that consumer uh, so i think they need to coexist the role yeah. of influencers is increasing in our category a lot and they are extremely important but i mean they cannot uh, replace the branded content piece not at all yeah yeah great so thank you so much aditi for coming on board and uh, doing this it was extremely insightful and i'm sure even the listeners would definitely go back learning a whole lot more from this Thank you Prashant thanks so much i had a very nice time uh, in this conversation thanks for having me over great so for the rest of us hope this episode was useful for you and if you would like to know more about this topic you can reach out to aditi on linkedin and in case if you have any doubts feedback or just want to spark a conversation you can catch me on linkedin instagram or twitter this is me signing out for this episode and looking forward to seeing you on the next one subscribe to the podcast for regular updates and one last thing Don't forget to stay curious.